fans, welcome to our first episode of UEFA Women's Euro 2022 Hot Takes. I'm your host, Kelly Summers, and in this series, we get to meet a range of incredible individuals all over Europe who work in women's football from the pitch to the boardroom, sidelines to the stands. We want to hear their hot takes on everything football, and especially the upcoming tournament this summer. And today, we are kicking off by meeting the stars of the Euros, the players. I have the pleasure of meeting Chelsea and Denmark international Penilla Harder before my roving co-host Monkey checks in with Arsenal and Dutch striker Vivian Miedemar. So welcome to Penilla Harder. Penilla, thank you so much for being with us on this opening episode. What's a season for both you and for Chelsea? How did you enjoy that? Yeah, I mean, it ended up the way we wanted it. Uh, it was a bit exciting uh, to win the league in the last game and and also the FA Cup final was, was super excited. So, yeah, it has been a, a great season uh, with ups and downs. I think this season we really showed that we, we have a big squad uh, and everyone really, like, made their part of the of the of the success. It was brilliant for us neutrals as well because Arsenal did push you all the way. We had such an enthralling title race and the fact that it went down to that final day, what was that like for you as the players? Yeah, I mean, uh, Arsenal did really well and, and pushed us uh, until until the end. Um, and also, yeah, of course, winning this in that way in the last game, it makes it even more... Yeah, the feeling afterwards is, is just amazing. But but sometimes you also just want to win a few games before. <laughs> uh, it makes it a little bit more... Yeah, you can be more calm, calm then. But for everyone who watched the, the WSL this year, must have been really uh, excited about the end. Yeah, the second half of the season in particular, because Arsenal did have that big lead over you. And then the way you just picked things up in January was remarkable. Let's talk a little bit about your playing career then because you've obviously been brilliant in the WSL and we've been so fortunate to watch you over here in England but you've also played with Wolfsburg away from England as well how different is it playing away and what's the WSL like in comparison to those leagues yeah I think Germany and England is is really different in the culture and it's quite funny to I think that's some of the really nice things as a football player that you can you can get out and and see so many different cultures and Germany and England is absolutely different there Let's talk then about the national team. Let's talk about the Euros. Firstly, how excited are you for this tournament this summer? Because it feels like this is one of the most talked about tournaments in the women's game that I can remember, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm super excited. I've, uh, I've been looking forward to this tournament for so long. Uh, we also we missed the World Cup in 2019, so that we are now playing the, the Euros in, in less than a month. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. You were a runner-up in the Euros in 2017, which is a remarkable achievement. How do you reflect on that? Yeah, it was a huge achievement for us. Uh, I don't think anyone expected us to to stand in the final in that tournament, but we dreamt about it from the beginning, and then it's, we started. It started to be a realistic as goal as well when we we came through from the group stage, and yeah, it was just a great journey for us on and off the pitch for Denmark how we changed the way the Danish people looked at women's football. I don't think we were that known before we went to the tournament, but when we came back home, we were welcomed from so many people. I think there were like five, ten thousand 10,000 waiting for us to come back. So I think the result in the tournament, of course, coming to the final was a huge achievement for us, but also the achievement outside the pitch were, were huge and something I... I will always remember that moment when we came back home and seeing all these people cheering for us. 
So with that, how much excitement is there in Denmark for you guys this summer? Yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot of excitement. And I think we will also build on what our men's team did last summer. They really created like some kind of national feeling around the national teams. We will really feel that when we're on the pitch, we are, we are playing for the country, not only for the team, but we are playing for the whole country because we feel that support. And this tournament, I think we'll feel that from the beginning and not in the end only. <laughs> so you got to the final last time. How confident are you you could emulate that or potentially go one better? What's the feeling amongst the players going into this? I mean, we, we all know that we have a difficult group with Germany and Spain, two of the best teams in, the, in Europe and in the world. But we also believe that what we have is something special. Uh, we are a small country. We know that we have to really work together. We have to have a great team spirit. We have to be 100% focused on all the details in the tactic and... Yeah, and then most importantly, we have to believe we can do something against Spain and Germany. And, and I think if we believe it, it's, it can also be a reality. But, but of course, we know that it has to be a lot of hard work behind it. We also know that you're going to face a lot of familiar faces. You're going to be probably playing at stadiums that you've played at. It's going to be a lot of familiarity for you. What's it going to be like playing or going into a tournament against your girlfriend and Chelsea teammate Magdalena Eriksson how much are you going to be able to talk to each other or you just not talk about football I mean as, as long as we're not meeting each other we will support each other <laughs> if we end up uh, playing against each other it will be uh, it will be special uh, especially also because it's such a yeah big stage to play against each other we have played against each other before uh, but of course if if it would happen that we would play against each other in the, in the semi-final or something like this that would be that would be special, but the good thing is that one of us will stand in the final in the end then. Will you be able to go and watch any of her games um, if she's playing when you're not playing, or will it be just a case of having to watch on TV? Yeah, we will have to be watching on TV. Uh, I think our schedules won't be... It won't be able to, to go to... I think they're playing in Manchester, and we're playing London, so it will be too far away as well. And But yeah, we will, of course, be like supporting each other between the games. We know what the pressure that can be in a tournament and all these things. So it's a nice support to have. Yeah, I was going to say, in a way, does it actually help that you've got someone so close to you that can relate to all of the strains? Because obviously it's wonderful playing in a tournament, but as you've mentioned there, the mental and the pressure and everything else that comes with being a footballer in a major tournament, does it help having her to talk to? Yeah, it does. It, it really does. Also to have someone outside the team I can talk with and she knows everything about the pressure there is on you uh, in a tournament you have to handle and to be able to perform at your best. Uh, she also knows that. So if I struggle with something, I, she can talk me uh, to be uh, positive again, a positive mindset again, if it starts to get in the wrong way. And, and the same can I do with her. So it's, it's a great support to have. Of course, we know your heart's with Denmark, but you play over here in England. How excited are you for the tournament here in England? I know how much English people love football. I think a lot of people will see some great football and hopefully many of these people who, who maybe haven't seen so much women's football before will be super interested and, and start to watch more, um, more WSL. We're about to head over to our co-host, Monkey. She's been chatting with Vivian Miedemar. Of course, you play against her in the WSL, and I'm sure she's a player you know very well. She's also going to be staying in the WSL, signed a new contract with Arsenal last month. How excited would you be to face her, and how, how impressive is she as a player? She's a great player. She's great in finishing. She's great in the box. She's calm with the ball. 
she has a good uh, understanding of the game as well. So, yeah, I think she's a great player. So, of course, I'm happy she's staying in the league, even though she's playing in Arsenal. But I'm, I'm happy for the league that she's staying. OK, well, before we chat a little bit more, I'm just going to head over now to hear exactly what Miedemar had to say when Monkey caught up with her. This is UEFA Women's Euro 2022 Hot Takes. I'm Monkey and today I'm meeting a player who needs no introduction. An incredible striker for both club and country. This is Vivian Miedemar. I'm going to set the scene. If we're at your house and we're watching the football just on the sofa, what are you ordering in for us to eat? I would probably say Thai, but because it is the football... I would also be open for a pizza or something. You've got two people that you can invite, past and present footballers. You've got two spots on your couch. Who would it be? Oh, just footballers. I would love to be able to watch the football game of Nelson Mandela. Football-wise, I would probably really like to see a game through Messi's eyes. Yeah, I know. What kind of questions would you even ask the man? I don't know, probably not even ask him anything. Just let him talk and listen. Is there a particular meal that would remind you massively of a moment in your career, maybe like a celebratory meal after winning a match? Um, to be honest, yeah, that, that kind of is. I don't know if you ever heard from it, but we kind of take like frikandelle and croquette out the wall in Holland. So when we uh, won the Euros in 2017, that's basically where we went with the whole team. Out of all the sort of Dutch cuisine, was there anything in particular you feel like people should try when they're over in Holland? Is that is that your pick? Yeah, I would probably say bitterballen, to be honest. I think they're... Typical Dutch, I love them. That's probably the thing that I miss most when being in England because we obviously don't have them there. Just those tiny little croquettes that, yeah, they're just amazing, to be fair. I have actually tried them. They're pretty amazing. I tried to explain them to somebody the other day and I kind of I kind of described it as a, a little bit like a Scotch egg. Have you had yeah, one of those? Yeah, no, I have. Kind of. It's called like almost like fried uh, gravy, isn't it? It's just kind of a mix of everything, but you can eat it with anything. You can eat it for lunch, Snacks at night, like I just, yeah, really love it. Probably shouldn't be saying this, right, by the way. Bitterballing is the one. <laughs> no, of course, you work hard. So there are times where you can eat what you want, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, moving on to the football. Now, you've got a huge summer of football ahead of you after a pretty long season as well. Um, the last time I watched you play international football was in France during the World Cup in 2019. For me personally, it was a really special moment because... Watching that tournament was everything that I wanted to see as a young girl, but just wasn't available to watch at the time. And the game has changed so dramatically over the years in quite a short space of time. What's it like being at the centre of that as a player? I think it's been really unreal, to be fair. Obviously, when I first made my uh, debut in, I think it was 2013 for the national team, I just came such a long way since then. Obviously, being part of the league in England right now, um, the deal that they've had with Sky Sports, the game's been on TV, it's been unbelievable to be part of. And um, I'm obviously really happy that right now you see kids running around with like a little medium at top on from Arsenal or even obviously like from all other clubs as well and all other players. I think it's definitely something that we wanted to get to. And I'm not saying we're there yet, but we're going to keep growing. And I hope that a lot of people are going to keep coming to our games as well. And talking of about crowds, sort of the rise of women's football has been felt from all levels, I would say, from like grassroots. You've got uh, Newcastle pulling in 22,000 fans and they're in tier five. I play for a very small club called Dulwich and we hit like 400 500 fans at home games, which is amazing. How do you think this will impact this summer's tournament and what do you expect from the fans in the UK? 
I really hope it's going to be a great year, though. So I think, obviously, as I said, this year I really felt like we've made big steps within the leagues. Um, a lot of people come into the games. I think the Euros are going to be massive. I think, obviously, all the England games are probably sold out already. Uh, I expect us to have a lot of fans over in England as well. still think we've got the best fans, by the way. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be something really important as well for the growth of women's football. And, um, yeah, I really hope to see a lot of fans obviously come in this summer, but not just this summer. Um, I hope they enjoy it that much, that they'll keep coming back next year as well. To be fair, the Dutch fans, they're pretty up there. The sea our, of orange. Our it's fans amazing. are amazing. It's going to be something really important as well for the growth of women's football. And, um, yeah, I really hope to see a lot of fans obviously come in this summer, but not just this summer. Um, I hope they enjoy it that much that they'll keep coming back next year as well. We're talking about creating legends in the women's game currently. What footballer did you look up to when you were younger? Um, well, I've always been a Feyenoord fan. So I've always been like Robert van Persie, Derek Kuyt, uh, before that even Thomas <laughs> Buffel. You won't even know them. Um but yeah, like I always just obviously just at the men's game, I had no idea that there was like a women's team out there, um, which, as I said before, like I think is unreal right now for young well, girls, but also boys to grow up and, and have both of uh, both of them. Obviously, um, as I said, like you go to the games, you see a lot of even young boys like wearing our, like our shirts and that's really special to see. So we spoke about your role models, but you, you know, you're a statue now. You've become a role model. Um is there a bit of advice that you've held on to throughout your career that has stayed true? Um, not really. Well, it wasn't really anything special to me, to be honest. Obviously, where I grew up, it was kind of in the middle of nowhere. There was no one really there. Um, but I just really kind of tried to stay true to myself. And in every move I made, um, the same obviously now at staying at Arsenal, like just do what makes you happy and not so much what people expect from you. And I think a lot of and especially obviously like younger younger players kind of forget that sometimes and I think um, yeah I think that's what we kind of need to keep saying to the younger generation just yeah stay yourself and, and do what makes you happy in that sense Do you sort of maintain that relaxed outlook and fun outlook in football when the sort of demand for performance is so high especially in like a Euros tournament A lot of girls obviously like to play games or um, I mean I'm really boring because I read books and basically not even watch Netflix. No, no raving in Ibiza then, just strictly relaxing. We had a couple of nights out, but it's just, <laughs> obviously it's really good to be able to switch off after the season. Um, I've had three weeks off. Yeah, it was good to get away with the girls and to just not even have to think about football for, for a couple of days. Talking about relaxing and like doing that before big tournaments, I've heard you've got someone that you bring to big tournaments. I don't know if this is still true. Flip the teddy bear? He comes with me everywhere, to be honest. Um, it's just, I had I had a discussion about it yesterday with someone, but it kind of just feels like the only thing you can take with you that feels like home. And to be honest, like, don't ask me what home is because I've got no idea. Obviously, I've been living in the UK for a couple of years now, which it really feels like home. I'm sure Flip has joined you on lots of big nights of football. What has been your sort of, your, your biggest night of football for you personally in your career? What made me really hungry to to become even better and to um, keep going was probably the Olympics last last summer. Uh, was obviously a big disappointment the way we went out, but it's also something that if you reflect on it, like um, I personally felt really good, um, and I was like, I'm ready to hopefully show that again this summer, um, and not just this summer, but also obviously next year with Arsenal as well. So, yeah, as you say, it's not always just like winning things. Sometimes you kind of need to lose to realize what you're doing it for again. 
And my next question was going to be, what do you think the greatest women's Euros tournament has been and why? But were you going to pick a home Euros? Yeah, I'm going to have to. Um, <laughs> I obviously, yeah, as I said, like I think just the whole movement, not just obviously, I mean, us winning it. Um, made it extra special and obviously um, drove it as well in the end. But just being able to part of something that big and and um, being able to do that in your own country, it was just really special, I think. Um, I mean, I've said it before, this kind of feels like my second home Euros, really. I don't think a lot of people probably feel like that, but I feel like it's going to be a home Euros for me again. So um, I obviously hope that this one might become even more special because it might be bigger than than it was in 2017 but yeah I don't really think anything can top it how would it feel to win the Euros in England at Wembley um probably a dream come through but obviously more because I can actually then just say to the English that we're obviously more successful and um (laughs) I'll be I'll be able to enjoy that one for a while but nah it would it would obviously as I said like I think for the league and and for England themselves, like I really hope that um, they play a really good tournament too. I think the pressure is on them. I would definitely say that between all the teams, them and Spain are favourites. Um, and I'm really excited to actually see how they do. And um, as I said, like I obviously hope that we play them later in the tournament. And then I definitely hope that we come come out on top. <laughs> so for for pure gloating purposes, when you get back to to club football <laughs> absolutely if we lose against England then I might actually need to leave the country so it's kind of the choice that they <laughs> you might I think you should wear your medal if you do win when you return to to training oh, I, I did that in 2017 day. but I don't really think they uh, appreciated that that much I have to ask you are there any sort of rituals that you have before a game I've got some teammates that have got some very strange ones so nah I'm quite boring to be fair we've got a couple as well like um Obviously, like some some girls tape their ankles, so their left one needs to be before their right one, or some of them need to shave their legs every time before a game. But because we play so many games at so many different locations, you never really have to complete the same preparation for it. So I think I kind of always told myself, don't get superstitious about anything because you can't really control a lot of things. Um, I do like listening to music, but I'm really ha- like easy again because I'll just listen to whatever the girls listen to in the in the changing room and I think unconscious I kind of always put my left sock on before my right but if I wouldn't do it for once then there's nothing majorly wrong either so it's good. What is your hot take on this summer's tournament do you think there's going to be any big surprises? So I think it's um, as I said I think there's two or three favourites which I would classify England, Spain and France probably and I think we will be very good outsiders. Uh, Sweden will be up there and Germany is always in for a surprise. But anything else, like I don't really think we're going to see a lot of surprises. But I obviously hope that we that we are. I want to end on a sort of a more fun note. So I was wondering if you play this game with me. It's a, it's a game that um, my partner and I play actually when we can't decide what we want for a takeaway. So I'm sure you've been in that situation before. So this is a bit off the cuff. um, And what will happen is I'll mention two cuisines and you just have to choose one. But not much thinking. Just go with with your head or your your stomach in this case. I'm quite hungry, so I think it will definitely work. Okay, great. Chinese or burgers? Chinese. Chinese or Thai? Chinese. 
Chinese or pizza? Chinese. <laughs> Chinese or fish and chips? Oh, right now, Chinese. <laughs> Chinese or a salad? Well, easy, Chinese. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. Okay, we have a winner. If there was a takeaway right now in front of you, it would definitely be a Chinese. <laughs> yes, sweet and sour. Thank you or... so much, Viv, and hopefully I'll see you at Borenwood. Well, I'll see you at the Euros, maybe, but at Borenwood. Well, you kind of hope not, probably, because I'll be in the final then. So Monkey obviously got Viv thinking about food, which is quite convenient given the podcast that we are doing. So Viv says when she watches football, she orders in Thai food. What's your cuisine of choice when you're watching? I love sushi. I I order it after games, order it when I'm watching football. (laughs) I order it all the time. I think it's also a really good uh, meal to get after a game. To, for the recovery. Um, in terms of food, obviously straight after the game, you just said there, sometimes you'll have sushi. What do you like to refuel on? Is it always sushi? Do you ever get anything in the changing rooms? I know back in the day and in the past, we used to see pizza deliveries going into changing rooms. Does that still happen? It actually does. Uh, on away oh, games, does we it? get pizza. Yeah, it does. But, uh, but at home games, we get uh, also sushi and different stuff. Can admit that when you've just won a trophy, I think I think that's okay. Exactly. After the last game, it's it's okay. Yes, definitely. And um, what would you say has been the biggest night of your career? You've had so much to celebrate during your career already. Which has been the biggest night? The one that stands out, or maybe one that you can't remember as well. Even though we didn't win the the Euros, but I think not the night exactly after that game, but the night we had in Denmark after we. We got celebrated from the, all the people in Denmark. I think that night was amazing. We were, we were celebrating a lot with the team, even though we lost, but just the journey and the tournament, we celebrated. Yeah, still a remarkable achievement when you've put so much to get all the way to a final. Well, Viv mentioned Robin Van Persie as an influence to her growing up. Was there a player in particular that you looked up to when you were younger? Uh, on the woman's side, I looked up to Marta da Silva. She was one of the girls that women's player that I uh, I looked at on YouTube uh, and knew she won the world's best like five years in a row. So yeah, I thought she was super cool and she made me dream about also one day to be one of the best uh, because I thought like if she can do it, maybe I can do it as well. So she was a, she was a huge idol for me actually uh, on the woman's side. Having an idol like that, does that make you very aware of how young girls view you? Yeah, it does. I know how, it, how important it is to, to be a, a role model and for me to hopefully give a lot of dreams uh, to a lot of young girls. Like Marta gave me a dream about being a professional football player. I think it's, it is important for, for girls to see someone do it for them to believe that they can do it as well. Is that in the back of your mind, knowing that you can inspire these youngsters? Because that's what's also so brilliant when you watch the women's game. So many young girls come and watch. It is something I, I think about that for these kids to, to see me closely and to talk a little bit with me, I think it gives them so much. I also have been on football camps where I know that these girls, they get so much inspiration inspiration from it. Um, because they, yeah, they see me on, see me really close. They talk with me. They see that I'm a normal human <laughs> uh, that just love football and just worked really hard to to get on top. So they can see that like how I did it and 
maybe they feel if I can do it, they can also do it. Yeah, hopefully after the summer, even more people want to get involved with the women's game. Now, this podcast is called Hot Takes. So on every single episode, we'll be asking our guests for their hot takes on this summer's tournament. So, Penilla, can you tell us who you think is going to win it or maybe who we should be looking out for as a dark horse, perhaps? You can say yourselves. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really difficult to say who is the favourites in this tournament because I can I could say like five or six teams that win this tournament and that's, that's also what makes this tournament so exciting this year. So who is the favourite? I, I can't really say. Uh, I think many people will say Spain because, yeah, we all know Barcelona is doing really good and a, a lot of the players from Barcelona is playing in Spain. Um, but I think, yeah, many teams could do really good. And the, the dark horse, I mean, it could be us. Uh, <laughs> could be could be Norway. So, yeah, we'll see. We're talking to you today, before the tournament, you're actually at your parents' house. Are any of your family coming over to watch you? Yeah, my, my family will live in my apartment. <laughs> we, are, ah. we are actually going to train on King's Meadow. Uh, so I will, I will feel home uh, when we're there. Plenty of home comforts for you then. And, and finally, on the topic of hot takes, we'd like to hear your footballing hot take. Can you tell us what it's really like to be a football player? Maybe some of the stuff that we don't see. Maybe we see all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you often see all the good stuff and there is a lot of good stuff by being a football player. Uh, I mean, I, I do my hobby as work in a way. Um, I love playing football and and I can get money for it. That's That was my dream when I was a kid. Uh, but of course, there is also uh, some tough sides sometimes with um, mental health, with pressure, with, with expectations. It's not always just a, a dance on roses, if you can say that in English. It's something we also talk more about, mental health. And that's something I have had a sports psychologist since I was 19. So... It's really something that has helped me throughout my career. So I haven't had too many big downs uh, because I've been able to to work me out of it quite early. But it is a, a, a huge and a really important uh, topic, I think. So you say that you've had a sports psychologist. Is that someone you yourself employed that has stayed with you external to the national team or to your club team? Yeah, it is. It's a... Uh, it's someone I got when I was 19 and he has been with me since then. How often do you find yourself speaking to him or does it vary week on week? Yeah, it's, it's different. Uh, and it's also like we, we started to talk when I was young, but we, it's not like we only talk when I have tough times. We talk about some tools I can use throughout my career when, when, things, when I feel like there's a lot of expectations. So it's not only about talking about having a hard time. It's also about like preparing yourself for the hard times and preparing your mindset and the way you should, yeah, also just how to develop as a football player. How should you train on the pitch? How should you, what should you do to become the best player? Because when I was 19 and I got him, I, I wanted to be one of the best in Europe or in the world. And I knew that was important to, to have someone like him beside me to, to help me to take some of the right choices and also to, to get some, some advice in how to to train in the right way. Is that something you'll notice more women's players doing these days? Because there is now more spotlight and probably more pressure on female footballers than there was when maybe there wasn't as much television attention, say, in the women's game 10 years ago. Before, I think if you got a sports psychologist, people would think you were really sad. Like, they would put mm -hmm. that on you right way. But 
you don't have to be in a bad stage uh, of mind if you have a sports psychologist. It can also just be something that can make you even better. Um, so yeah, I think we see more having a sports psychologist. And it's when I talk with kids and young players, that's some of the first things I tell them to to get because I think it's so important to to get in there, yeah, really early. Vanilla, thank you so much for chatting to us on Hot Takes today and for being so open and honest with us throughout the episode. We're really looking forward to seeing you in action here in England this summer and, of course, in the WSL next season. My thanks also go to Vivian Miedemar, who caught up with Monkey over in the Netherlands. This has been UEFA Women's Euro 2022 Hot Takes. I'm Kelly Summers. See you next time. Thank you.